welcome back to this week's edition of Men of the Machine. Uh, today, I've got a very special guest that you may remember, you may recall, because he remembers everything. Like a like a like an elephant with a PhD. That wasn't a fat joke, but it works that way too. That's perfectly okay. <laughs> That's, it works that way too. I'm just saying, if Jake was here, he would insinuate that yes, I was calling him. Definitely an go. In on Classic, this. just facts. All right, so today we're going to be talking about uh, not so long time ago in a galaxy, not where we are right now. A movie was released that could be argued as the most culture culturally significant film of all time yeah, arguably i'm not I'm, I'm not putting the stance yet but a move if you haven't got it by now star wars i mean literally just saying a long time ago should nail it in right there but that movie has probably the most re- name recognition of any movie any, any like of all time yeah, people know that movie. By the way, I'm DJ. I don't think. Oh, did we not say that? Said my I name just called yet. you the Elephant Doctor. You just called me the Elephant <laughs> okay, Doctor. My bad. my bad, DJ Professor DJ. Yes, uh, they remember me from the Van Forstick review. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have a system here. That's it's reviews, and we're going to rock this train all the way to the end, uh, except our next one. Not the point. What I mean by that, let me clarify, is that you can say the movie The Godfather, and everyone at least knows the title. But not every, everyone's like, what, mobsters or something like that? And there's some other very important movies. Like yeah. Citizen Kane, most people know that that's a very important they, most movie. Most it. people have not seen it. They just know it's an important movie. Star Wars, even without having seen it, you can name at least a few characters. You can name at least one or two plot points. Everyone knows the I'm your father thing, which when it came out in 80... Uh, uh, 81, 92, yeah. somewhere. Uh, I don't have the facts. Was right the now. largest twist of all time and blew people's faces off. Even most of the actors didn't know that that was a real twist. Mark Hamill didn't know it until he read the line to walk out on scene for it. Right, and there was they were given a different line in the script where yeah, I, I and everyone just said, assumed I and killed your father. Or yeah, and like he's that. just like, hey, real quick, read this, read this. And Mark's like, what? And went out, and of course, it made movie history. But that's what I mean by Star Wars. People freak out. People go hard in the fan with it. I mean, not like what me and Jake were talking about, Toxic. I wouldn't say it's a bad fandom, but it's just so freaking huge. It's everywhere, and it's still going strong. Although well, there are Disney. divisive opinions about the latest one, but we're not going to get into that today. Anything that's not the original will have uh, something to say about it. But that's just because Disney can throw billions and billions of dollars at whatever they want. Right. And in return, make double. But here's where it gets interesting, because you've never seen any of the original three Star so, Wars movies. Let's get that out. Let's, 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 let's get, actually, really quick, I have a story to tell. Sure. So, before we get into Star Wars, we decided that today would be more of a nostalgic uh, reliving of what it would be like, the specific VHS copies I bought that we're going to watch this on, because I wanted to relive it as if I was watching it as a kid. Uh, came out in 1995. So, what the hell would we be doing in 1995? Eating Totinos, scarfing down some Pop Rocks, and sipping on some High Seas. We got cheese and crackers, we got Lunchables. <laughs> got uh, uh, mini frozen pizzas, we got Kool-Aid Bursts, and, and Mondos, and Dunkaroo Dip, and Bugles, and all this shit that we really shouldn't be eating in mass quantities, but we're, we're not going to eat all of it, probably. No promises. 
I go pretty hard on these sort of things mm. if it wasn't apparent by the incredible p- uh, blanket fort that I oh, have. Oh, yes, we do have that too. So we're going to, and it's it's all laying down, so it's going to get hot and steamy, but we're not adults. No sex thoughts. This mm-hmm. is a kid environment. Yes. So we are going to keep this PG and climb on in. Well, cr- crawl. We literally like hands and knees and you're tall. So you may, might even have to do a little more army crawling because the one string gets real low. All right. And we're going to get into the fort, bring all our food in there, hunker down, and watch Star Wars. So the story I wanted to remember to tell you really quick was I almost either procured or sold heroin at some point today. Oh, dear. Not in a real way, <laughs> oh dear. but it could have been real. So I went to Goodwill to donate a bunch of stuff me and Franny had to get rid of. And I was pulling the box out of the back of the truck, and it was a really big box, and it went into the crease of my elbow. And created like a, I mean, it's not a cut, but you know, like a, a, a rash sort of push. You got a little mark. Yeah, it's come down a lot. So it was like bright purple. Like it, it looked like it was going to bruise and thank, thankfully it didn't. It was bright purple. It was still red all around it and I didn't notice it. And you know, I go about my day and then I go to the shop for the stuff I bought and I'm walking through the dollar store and this isn't, a, I'm not generalizing here and judging people who shop at the dollar store, but the people checking out in front of me were, were very suspect i'll just say that mm. they're good, probably good people i'm sure they're wonderful but lady with sunken eyes very skinny and frail the man was like tattoos all up not tattoos aren't bad but tattoos all up and down wearing like a shredded hoodie they both smelled really bad and i was like oh they've kept looking at the corner of my arm and then up at me and then my arm and then at each other and they were either intimidated that i may be a heroin addict or wanted to do some sort of deal, and I got super sketched out. Mm. They could very well. Just... They didn't ever actually talk to you. No, no, no. They just kept like it. Was, it got to, the first time I was just like, oh, maybe they just looked over, and then I looked down and saw my arm. And it, like, like I said, it was worse at the time. But even that is like a little. Hey, you got something right? It's right on my main vein, directly on the vein where you would inject heroin, like in Requiem for a Dream. You know, maybe though, from their perspective, they were looking. They were the ones who were sketched out by you. They're like, "Yeah, that's true." Oh, this guy behind me with his weird this long hair. He's probably, probably on heroin. Come on, sweetie, let's what, go do yoga. What is he buying? Kool Aid bursts, Mond. Okay, this guy's definitely <laughs> yeah. on something. Actually, that is where I bought all the bugles. I bought the pop rocks. I bought the <laughs> Mondos. It was a, it, it was an event, and I got very like nervous for all of our safety because mm-hmm. if they had assumed the other and I was assuming the other, that could have just been a mess. Oh, and then. Freaking, I was talking to Franny about what I was going to get for snacks. The reason I landed on Pop Rocks, I was walking through the candy aisle, trying to relive what candy I would be like. I have to have this. I guess as a a kid. And I settled upon Pop Rocks, and I texted Franny, and she's like, yeah, that's a good one. We don't, you didn't, I asked you when you saw them. When was the last time you had Pop Rocks? Adults don't eat them. It's Mm -hmm. weird. But what's weirder is Franny was like, get a couple Ring Pops. I was like, yeah, two grown-ass men sitting in a fort sucking down on some ring pops might be a little too suggestive for what I'm going for today. This is very PG. Much like the Star Wars yeah. movies, because PG-13 didn't exist at the time. Are they close? So, okay, so we okay, we can get back into Star Wars. Oh, before we get back into Star Wars, we're still talking nostalgia. I got a present for you, DJ. Oh, oh shit. More of a... So, when I was growing up, we were very poor. So, walking down the dollar store aisle, I wanted all the toys. I couldn't ever have any, but my dad would let me get one or two. So I got a couple of things to keep us distracted in a kid way while we're doing all this stuff. Oh, dear. So 
just do me a favor and just one at a time reach in there and pull out something. And these will be what keep us going. All right, for let's today. take a look. First, we have a little dart shooting gun. <laughs> yeah. Not like a Nerf. It's like off-brand Nerf. It's less than off-brand. Like, look <laughs> at the loading system. The spring is in the dart. It's not in the gun. Oh yeah, and uh, it does. It looks like you can barely fit adult <laughs> yeah. fingers in this trigger area. Oh, actually, I got two of those, so we could each ball out with those. And oh, excellent! The floor <laughs> is right up against the windows. We can just put the blinds up and just ding, ding, and stick them to the windows. Nice. All right, hand in. All right, next we have a tiny billiard set. <laughs> but I mean, like tiny. I mean, it's roughly the size of the palm of my hand. And I bet I smoke you at it. Oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> gonna, and those are ones where I'm pretty sure that's spring-loaded, so you kind of, like, hold the the edge of the stick and then just do a little... I'm sure it's going to throw them everywhere. It's going to be great. These balls are going to get everywhere. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. I'm gonna go PG. Right in my PG. mouth. I don't know. Keep it PG. All right, next is... Is this a slinky? It is. It's an off-brand slinky. It's a dollar store plastic slinky, and then something that is not so dollar store and totally necessary... Flarp. Flarp. It's like, it's not Play-Doh. I, I had this when I was when, a kid. You just, shove one... you, you just shove your fingers in it, and it makes a flarping noise. Yep. And it's it's classic of being a child. Uh, if you throw it up and down in your hand, you can feel it jiggling. In yeah. The thing too. It's, it's just the, um, uh, what is that? You mix water and uh, cornstarch or something like that? Yep. Yeah, that's what that is. And it's great. I'm not sure if you can, uh, is this is the one where you can lift the ink from the newspaper so you can like imprint oh, a Garfield comic on I think it or you something. need Silly Putty for that, but we could. It might be Silly Putty you need for that. Right, you can set that on the ground. Now we can get yeah. into the real topic. All right. Star Wars. Back it up. Star Wars. All right. I've never seen it. You've definitely seen all of them, I'm guessing. I have, in fact, seen all Star Wars. The, the current, the old trilogy, mm -hmm. the prequel trilogy, unfortunately. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. That's Those are what you have seen. So I have only seen Phantom Menace, Clone Wars, and uh, Revenge of the Sith. I will defend to the end that Clone and Revenge of the Sith were good movies. Oh, Clone Wars was my least favorite. Wait, if you can if you can honestly put basically any movie in existence uh, below Phantom Menace, I got problems with you. I mean, Phantom Menace is really bad. So, let's, let's not mince words here, but... The Phantom Menace is bad in an interesting and colorful way, whereas Clone Wars is incredibly boring until the end, which is kind of cool. Also, it does have the best scene in the entirety of the prequels. I will give the it Clone that. Wars does which it one? does uh, the Yoda? scene where uh, Obi Wan is sitting in the bar and the guy who tries to sell him death sticks and he tells the guy he doesn't want to sell him death sticks. <laughs> That's the best scene in the. I love it. I don't okay, know why. Okay. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of meta knowledge on that scene. Uh, the guy actually has a name who sells death sticks, and his name is Elan Sleazebagano. Because <laughs> a little on the nose there, but there's a Jedi Master named Kit Fisto. Um, that's real. He's one of the <sighs> okay the guys in the prequels on the council. So that's why it's good to have you here for this specific. Everybody's been trying. It's it's half the reason I move so much is I get ostracized for never having seen the original trilogy. Everyone, I'm not ostracized. They judge me. They throw stones at me. They get their pitchforks out, and they walk me out of town. So we will be. You have some might say too much knowledge on the background of Star Wars, probably. But we'll find out. The prequels. The reason I'll say they're good 
having no Star Wars knowledge, the Metachloridian, Metachlorians, Metachlorians, Midichlorians didn't throw me off. I just didn't know that those weren't a thing Star Wars fans like or knew about. I thought that was just in the universe. Okay, whatever. Moving on. I mean, okay, so everyone has an opinion on what order you're supposed to watch the movies in, mm-hmm. and everyone has, like, different... There's some systems that involve jumping around. I and... almost wanted to do that system. There's one that's really popular. Don't remember what it's called. You watch New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back, then the Clones. Prequels. Not the prequels, just Clones All right, and you Sith. skip Phantom just Menace, because that throw it out matter. the window, and then you watch Revenge of the... Um, no. Uh, crap, what's the last? Return of the Jedi. Right, the the, yeah, the idea behind that is it preserves the famous twist, and then the prequels look like they're a flashback to how they got there. Yes. And then the climax of the series. But the way that George Lucas actually recommended that people watch it was 1, 2, 3, 4, Four 5, five six. 6. And most fans disagree with that, but that is the order you're going well, to be watching okay, it. Well, okay, so I read a fun thing online. After uh, Revenge or uh, Return of the Jedi came out, George Lucas was this god of filmmaking. He created, like I said earlier, one of the most significant movies, at least from a cultural aspect, of all times. And wonderful story, and all of them were really good. All of them rated super high, regardless of which one's your favorite. And then he starts actually trying to make movies. He didn't make those movies. He pitched a story, and people just led him in a direction, from what I understand. He did a lot of work with Spielberg that was very good. The Indiana yeah. Jones movies. Um, okay, yes. Those are those are also some. But name one other good thing besides Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Labyrinth. He did Labyrinth? Yeah. Oh, I'm turned around. Okay, back me up. But after that, no. <laughs> <laughs> then it took a turn. So he made all these movies, and or these three movies in Indiana Jones. He's this god of filmmaking and storytelling. And then what I've been able to grasp from my Star Wars fans is he was he didn't direct any of the first three right he, he wasn't the director on any of them um in the original i think he in was the, the director he was the director he wasn't the director on i mean two. he was i know that uh, the empire Strikes no Back no no, no they did have other directors yeah. they, they, he was the writer he's the writer and he was and there is a there does exist an original draft of his script which yes is not what is actually yeah. in the the movies. So from what I understand was he did all that and he was also really big into the effects of the movie. I know he pushed that really hard. But everyone right, else but kept were, going, no this would be better. No this would be better. There were people that could naysay him. Yeah. Uh Harrison Ford famously said uh this is a quote um you can write this shit George but you can't say it <laughs> with regards to some of the dialogue. Well so. and then he the I love you I know was just added. That was, yeah, that yeah. was improvised. Yeah, that was just going. And Everyone, nobody thought, oh, there's no chinks in his armor. And then he makes the prequels where he has full creative control top to bottom. And that uh, that rough script actually involves a lot of elements that are present, like one for one in the prequels. Really? So you get the impression that the prequels are kind of the unaltered story that They're he kind of, of always wanted version. to tell. Yeah. I mean, they are just remakes, basically. It's it's very, from what, again, this is all naysay. It's impossible for me to not know Star Wars stuff but I haven't seen the originals. From what I'm told, it's it's it follows the the tried and true of one, two, and three of like basic story elements. Yes. But with his, like I said, he's got full creative control this time, and there nobody likes him. But since I didn't know any of that, they had good fight scenes. They had cool special effects in two and three. One was a little ridiculous. Um, the pod racing was stupid. The story was stupid. The kid was annoying, but that fight scene with Darth Maul, 
will always be cool, no matter how yeah, you Darth feel Maul about Yeah, Darth Maul was pretty cool. Darth Maul was ballin', and he has more lore in the books where he survived. Um, not even just the books, the, uh, the Clone Wars cartoon, uh, the CGI one, is also considered to be canon by Disney. Yeah. And he appears and people in love it. Uh, he also appears in the Rebels cartoon, which is supposed to be very good. I actually have not seen it. Rebels cartoon. Yeah. I it's the know. one that's currently ongoing. Oh, oh okay. Um, yeah. Then no, I definitely don't know anything about it. But it's supposed to bridge the gap between the prequels and uh, and the original series. It's the events that happened. I thought that was Rogue One. Oh, no, but that, it's more stuff. Yeah, more stuff. Okay. Rogue One is just like stealing the Death Star plans. That's one thing. Is it good? Rogue One? Yeah. I liked Rogue One. I, it's not the best, okay. but... Kevin Smith famously said it's better than Empire, which he's come back on, but that was his immediate reaction. Every one of these movies will give you like, I feel like, especially the new ones, give an immediate visceral reaction of that was great. And then Uh you have to sit and think about it for a while. And yeah, some people come really down really hard on the newest one. I actually still, after thinking about it, feel it's a very good movie, but we won't. I have a friend who really likes it too, but yeah, I can't even, even, that's five movies out from what I need to see. So we're going to watch A New Hope. I honestly get the stories all backwards. I think we were talking at work and I asked which one had the Tauntaun scene. It's not the first one. Nope. I would have thought it was the first one. I know the the your father thing's not the first one. I Everything I know is from two and three. That, I don't think so I know anything. You might any... not know very much about what's in this yeah. movie. And this is what... this is considered to be a very good one. This and Empire, most people I think consider Empire to be the best one <sighs> because it's... You know what I wish I'd brought? Oh, doesn't matter. I own on DVD, and I have a friend borrowing it right now, but I have it. All I know from Star Wars is from Thumb Wars by Bob... Oh, Oh, I know that. I've seen that. Bob Uh, Odenkirk? The one one that did Ace Ventura, not the one that... uh, Is Saul. Is Saul. Yeah. I prefer to think of him as the one who did... Bob Odenkirk is Saul. Okay. I prefer to think of him as the man who did Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Yes. But that's just me. Oh, no, I love that movie, too. (laughs) It's so good, but... I have that on DVD, and I watched it so much. So that's where most of my... So I know that... I know the scene with uh, R2-D2 projecting Leia that yep, I yep. get. Um, and then that that's... I, does Obi-Wan you've, die in the first movie? Don't tell me. You know what? No, it just let me... You through like, cultural osmosis got a lot of what Star Wars is, but this is the first time you're actually Which going to see it. Which helps to fight and stand for my point that this may be the most culturally significant movie of all time. I will fight someone. Who, well, no, I won't. I'm not that passionate. <laughs> but I get worked up when talking about it. So we got pizza rolls to get in the oven. We've got the VHS to get set up and make sure it doesn't need our tape. Yep. And then we've got lounging to do. So let's get a jump on that and stick some of these darts to a window. Excellent. And we'll be back in. Oh, right. I don't have to tell them we'll be back in.
your ass over here right now for monkey around with that damn land speeder. Where did two droids I asked you to clean, boy? You clean your room? I'm blowing. I know I'm on probation. I clean the droids. Can I go to the Hachi station? I gotta lay away on the power converter. But now you're treating me like a scruffy dog murder. by saying I th- not even a fraction of what I thought Star Wars A New Hope was oh yeah not even I I knew maybe two scenes from that whole movie well, that's real interesting then <laughs> so because just off the topic of what we were just doing we got a quick fresh recap of the original Star Wars rap one of the dopest things to hit the internet freaking what 10 years ago yeah it was pretty great and between that of what I had seen growing up Thumb Wars the Family Guy Blue Harvest parodies and just general chit chat and the prequels. No, not even. No, I I knew the Cantina scene, and that was it. I thought them destroying the Death Star was later. Ah, them destroying it in the very first movie makes no sense. I mean, it will make sense when I. Yeah. But the Death Star is the whole thing. I don't know the Death Star is just one thing, but it's, it's just a thing. demonstration of what the Empire is capable of. Well, yeah, but. I, I mean, everyone, yes, remembers the Death Star, mostly because that battle is really good. Yes, um, so that's, okay, so now we, let's get in, the, the whole reason we do this is movie review, so let's slide into it. Fresh hot take, many years of having it taken. Right. But keep it PG. Of course, of course. So, it was very rushed, it felt. It, like... I I don't know. Everybody... Like it's a long movie, but it's jam-packed. There's That's what I mean. Not, yeah, going it's, on. It's, I don't know if rushed would be quite the word, but... It just feels so... so f- Not in a bad way, but it feels so fast. Like, every scene just... It, there's a lot going on in it, and it's very clearly setting the stage for a whole bunch of stuff, which makes sense since we got to watch the interview with George Lucas at the beginning of VHS. Yes, that was on there. So him saying that he wrote the whole story 
a long time ago and then just took the first part of it and was like, let's make this. And if I get the opportunity to make more, cool. That makes a lot more sense to me now. Because mm-hmm. that just felt like, here, I have the opportunity for a movie. Let's see what I can get into it. The conversations were just really quick. Everything was just so fast. Well, I mean, that's part of what's like every minute is just jam packed with new information. It's uh, yeah, and a lot of it goes on, un- not untold. I mean, I guess for just this movie, untold. Obviously, they touch on it later, but well, that's that's the thing that's really cool about it. So it's like two hours and five minutes is the length yeah, of the movie, um, the official runtime. And in the entire movie, during during that runtime, they give you this sense that the world that this play that this movie takes place in is huge like unfathomably huge and you're only getting the tip of the iceberg yeah the entire and they're constantly referencing different which having seen the prequels i actually get a little bit of insight they reference the government all the time the senate all the time the empire all the time Mm -hmm. but without having seen those prequels it's just like quickly you know what it reminds me of you know what a good um side by side of it is john wick Hmm. the entirety of john wick lets you know there's this assassin organization that runs the world but they don't they all they focus on the main guy just walking through the world basically sort of thing and i haven't seen the second one but apparently they expand on stuff and it's not as good but that's what this gave me the impression of just like they're gonna keep referencing the bigger picture without telling you it yet Right, because it's not relevant to the story at hand. Because there is a very tight, like, well-plotted story that goes from beginning to end through the movie. But there's this sense that there's a huge world outside of that story. And that was what probably captured so many people's imaginations with this, because they wanted to know more about this universe that had been set up. And it's been, I mean, to date, there's what... And like forty books and a bunch of cartoons and yeah, there's now an explanation for just about everything and not all of it's good. Yeah, but, yeah like the, but that sense of wonder is still there even when watching it now in 2018. What was it that What was it that gives you a story of every single alien in the cantina? What? Oh, there's a uh, there's a book called Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. It's an anthology book written by a bunch of different authors, mm-hmm. uh, and each chapter is a short story about one of the characters that just show up briefly in the cantina yeah, scene. Yeah, there's a, a devil, uh, a uh, werewolf. He's a Devaronian. Um, oh, he has a name. That's, that's uh, what his uh, species is called. <laughs> there's the blue people, there's the butt face, there's the pig yep. guy, there's the that's bat the cute boy. little bat guy. Uh, they're called Chadrofans. Oh, that's I, I expected, because of the names of other ones, it to be like batonians or some bullcrap sometimes i mean once again a lot of these are written by a lot of different authors some of them are very on the new on the nose like deveronian but what about the werewolf do you know what they're called i don't remember what the werewolf's called off the top of my head i can remember the bat guy's name is cave though and he's a a petty thief and pickpocket (laughs) i gotta want to read his story his story's real good so that's another scene where they're just like so the whole movie, you meet a few species at this point already, but they're very localized species, like the sand people and the... Yep, the sand people have a whole bunch of lore behind them, too. Are they just called sand people, or do they have a... Uh, they are known as either sand people or Tuscan raiders. Oh, and then what are, what are those little minions that... Uh, Jawas. Jawas. Okay, all that was popping into my head over and over again was the Ewoks. The Ewoks come later. Yeah, those are the Return of the Jedi? Yes. And... That's all I could think of, but they're literally 
George Lucas's take on minions. They have the same language. Before minions were a thing. Yeah, yeah, they have the same language. They're little stubby, small people that just run around and collect parts. Yeah, they're they're scavengers and tinkerers, and they just collect parts and scavenge together droids. Yeah, and, oh. and people buy them from that. We we could actually start at the beginning and go like we did yeah, with you, Fan you're right, you're right, you're right. I just, there's so much gloss by that i'm excited i'm to sure see. there's stuff we're going to gloss over and i'm sure most of the people listening to this probably know the plot of this movie but let's go through so that you yeah, can even if they it. don't they're gonna learn uh first uh opening scene i already don't remember where it opened oh, oh it yeah opened. the ship coming over and yep. it's attacking the most famous the the one scene from there that was exactly like i remembered having seen it in clips and stuff is the very first scene where the blast door gets crushed open and they're this whole setup's very famous because you have the the little uh um corvette it's a that's what it's actually called is a corvette, it's, a corvette. it's called the tentative four but the class of ship is a cor- corvette <laughs> i thought you were i thought you were gonna have a cool story but, about how like george lucas just took a corvette and put a bunch of cardboard no it was it. a little model it was actually supposed i do have a cool story about it yeah. it was actually supposed to be what the millennium falcon was the the model for that ship but they decided oh. on a different design for it later on and then they just reused so they, they reused times. the model for the beginning of the movie but the model was as big as the model of the star destroyer that was chasing it so they use the camera perspective trick to make it seem like the ship is very small in comparison to the star destroyer which is just huge yeah they don't even look in any way the same uh size at all star destroyer takes like 10 seconds just to get across the screen in the open yeah, and all of the all of the space scenes are just uh models on wire suspended on wires yeah uh against a black background and like no, they didn't really even have like green screen and stuff like that. Yeah, and it looks. Gr- oh, so that was what I was gonna say. Is this movie almost ages better than some of like the mid to late two thousand CGI stuff? Yeah, actually, the, the it looks a lot better than Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah, even that kind of bullcrap. Or I was thinking more like the um, like Angley's Hulk. Where, oh yeah, Ooh. where like the Ooh. Hulk himself doesn't look bad, but the CGI around it trying to like make it work with scenery. That didn't age nearly as well as well those as those dogs. Oh. Yeah, the freaking uh, uh, buff poodle. If we hadn't both seen that, that could be an episode here. But we have both I, seen I that. Actually, Unfortunately, I actually kind of like that movie for a few different reasons. But this isn't a Hulk podcast. Right, right. This is a Star Wars. We're keeping on topic. We've got so, a lot to cover. So they break into the Tentative Four. Yep. The excellent marksmanship of the uh stormtroopers uh are just laying down i don't know what these people are called that are def- rebels is it they're rebels just rebel and- soldiers yeah it's just rebels and yeah. uh you get you get the this movie people give princess bride credit for being like one of the most like sarcastic dry humor movies uh from back then from the 70s 80s mm-hmm. whatever this movie has as much if not more it's basically just a, a gold robot sassing a little garbage can. This movie is actually very funny, and it's just having fun the whole way through. Yeah. And that, that spirit is infectious. It's it's literally just the goofiest sort of like, I don't want to use the word campy because it's not campy, but it, 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 he has a back. It's not In even the case boring. of C-3PO, it kind of is. But <laughs> Well, okay, so it's campy, but it's not like, it's not boring or unin inventful at all. Like you want to hear him have this little like right. self back and forth with just a beep boop. Right, and they're the first two characters you actually see in the movie. Or hear talk or anything. Yeah, it's R2-D2 and C-3PO. They're walking down the hallway. The The camera is shaking to represent the fact that the ship is under fire yeah. right now. It's it's actually stuck in the tractor beam. 
Oh, right, right, right. They're pulling it in because they're going for uh, Princess Leia. Yep, and they board the ship, and the stormtroopers uh, demonstrate their wicked precision that they are known for. Yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're and easily destroy all the rebels. Unmatchable marksmanship. And uh, then Darth Vader comes in, and his introduction scene, I think, is really good. Because so, he doesn't even say a line, and you automatically know what this guy's so about. So that's my follow-up for second thing that stood out to me in this movie. Darth Vader is way more accessible than I thought he was going to be. What do you mean? I thought he was going to be a silent villain for the majority of all three movies who had that sort of like that same presence he has in that scene where he walks out and you're just like, oh, okay, so clearly this guy's in charge. I thought he just had that the whole time. But this whole movie just had him. I mean, he's talking with everyone. He's in every room. He's walking around. He's just kind of helping. I mean, he's flying the, the fighter jet at the end to take down Luke. He's just. He's way more, he's more... He's, oh, yeah, he's very active. Yeah, he's super active, and I thought he was this, like, uh, uh, Emperor Part 2. I thought he was just, like, this sitting in the background, like, you know if you step to me, I'm gonna end you, so I'll stay here. And I was wrong. Yeah, um, that's the Emperor shtick 100% okay. of the way, but Vader is, yeah, he is down in the field, in the trenches. Yeah, I had, I, I, I didn't expect, also his voice wasn't... Because I only have ever heard the iconic lines from Darth Vader. Okay. So just hearing James Earl Jones talking the whole time, I was like, wait, this doesn't quite meld with me with what his voice is actually sounding like. Because mm. he doesn't have... He, he maybe has like two or three moments of just a single line, a low single line where he just says, you know, a command. He only has a few of those, and that's what I picture. But his like standard talking is more high-pitched and less... Uh, breathy than I anticipated it. He's a scary guy, but the one thing that you can see in the movie is that there's a bit of a divide between the other officers and Vader. Mm. Like, Vader is specifically the Empire's, or the Emperor's man. Yeah. And he's there to oversee things, but the other officers, like Grand Moff Tarkin, who is the commander of the Death Star. and The one who blows up at the very end. Yeah, and the officers who are questioning him don't quite love the fact that Vader is there overseeing them and some of them are a little bit incredulous as to why Vader is such a big deal. Yeah, yeah, they're constantly questioning his uh, uh, faith to... But every time they do, they just they... choke Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> question it again, I dare you. Just give it a little give it a little taste. Um, so anyways, he gets through. You get to see Princess Leia for a brief moment as she's uh, uh, recording the message, the famous, another one I knew from this movie. Yep. And then uh, they get in the pod and, and jettison out, and they scan it for life, the... Empire does, and there's no life on it, and they're on their way. And the, 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 this guy's just like, no, oh, there's no life. Don't bother blowing it <laughs> yeah. up with our lasers that are infinite. <laughs> yeah, and, and then late, like two seconds later, they go and tell Vader, and he's like, oh, the, she must have stashed the plans the on plans there. The plans are on there, definitely. <laughs> go and find it, you idiots. <laughs> Although they did say um, another one went out, so that implies multiples had already been sent out. And they probably blew them up because they had life signs on yeah, them. Yeah, that's true, but what if some didn't have life signs? Was there other unlife form? Well, no. I mean, cause... like, droids are a thing, too, so it should be logical. There's no life signs on it. But it could be droids. Yeah, or um, there would probably be some way to scan for droids. I mean, it's all electrical, and they have all these other hoozy whatsies. And destroying the plans would be absolutely okay for the Empire. They just yeah. don't want the rebels to analyze the plans. Yes. But it would be okay if the plans were gone. Maybe yeah. not ideal, but... But sufficient. The Death Star's been built. The plans mm -hmm. are basically for archival purposes. Yeah. Or if they wanted to build another one. But... So, oh, they definitely build another one. I mean, that's not the only time I've seen the Death Star. Another mm -hmm. one's coming back. Uh, the droids land on such and such planet. Tatooine. Tatooine. And immediately you get more snarky, witty back and forth between 
uh, Beep Boops and C-3PO. I'm going to call him Beep Boops because it's more okay. accurate of what R2-D2 you know, funny is. Enough, I'm not sure if the movie ever actually says the word Tatooine. Everyone just knows that that planet yeah. is called Tatooine. It might have said it, definitely it does once, prequels, but that's but... all. Yeah, oh, it says it all the time. But it might have said it once, but I, that's all I can remember. Hmm. I really, I, I, I didn't even know it was called Tatooine. The only, the only planets I know are Alderaan and Dagobah. Okay. Is Dagobah even a planet or is it, it a is. system? It is. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a planet in the Dagobah system. Oh, yeah. okay. It's like uh, it's like when uh, bands title their album after themselves. Mm. And you say, do you listen to the Metallica album? You're like, which one? Metallica. You're like, <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Okay, got it. Uh, anyways, you get them. Then you get the minions come and take them. That was all. All this takes place pretty quick. Yep. It, it doesn't really, you know, there's no reason to stretch any of this out. There's no reason for much dialogue here. <laughs> They both get taken by the minions. Yeah. You don't see C-3PO, but he's like, oh, look, a transport. And the next time you see him, he's, <laughs> he's in the thing. Yeah. And you get to assume, which is nice that it's not. That is one thing I appreciate pre- appreciate about like these kind of storied book big movies is they don't necessarily force feed you every detail. You know, like some uh, like Fantastic Four, where they just literally was like every little thing. We or like just... the prequels. Where or the they... prequels. Yeah, where they walk you through every scene, like in, in depth detail. And he's like, I'm going to grab a glass out of this top left cupboard over here <laughs> yeah. on the second shelf. It doesn't bother with that. But that leads you to the next sec, the second part, technically the first, but the second we're going to talk about where they just introduce a bunch of shit for no reason. They just show a bunch of droids. <laughs> it's just robots. In various states of disrepair. Different designs. One looks like a alien robot. One looks... What was the one you liked? The, uh, the gonk droid. He's a little trash can looking guy who just walks around on these little a stubby square, legs. A square trash can, yep. not a round one. Yeah, and he just goes, gonk. He does it twice. Gonk. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. And it's like, okay, you see a very... Those are apparently used in as uh, field munitions for charging uh, blaster packs. Oh, they have they, a, they have an explanation have behind a, what the gonk droid is. Do we ever find out what happens to a uh, cheaper, worse built R two D two? Yeah, he actually has a name. I think it's R five D four or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, and I I don't know if there's too much more information about him, but well, he kind of the fact that people know what he is called is yeah. a, is a thing. He's got a, a I mean he he breaks when he gets there when he when so Luke and Uncle Uncle Owen Uncle Owen Owen or Lowen. Owen. Owen, it's just said together. Um, yeah, they go to pick out their robots, and they have a funny little, uh, are you good at this? Because C-3PO's a super fancy robot. You're right, he's a protocol droid meant for like diplomatic situations, and he's over-explaining everything, and Owen's just like, can you do the job? He's <laughs> like, well, I'm perfectly fluent in over 40 different... <laughs> can you speak moisture evaporators? Oh, well, it's like a second language to me. It's like, just shut up and go with me. That's his whole thing. That's his... his... Okay. <laughs> So uh, he picks him, and they kind of don't really explain it because Uncle Owen looks at R two D two and passes him off like, "Yeah, screw you." Uh, but then they decide to take it anyways. Well, no, no, no. They they try to take the crappy R two D two. Yeah, but they're they like, don't. We want an R two unit. Oh, okay. uh, as well, because just... they they're just the astromech droids, super useful. Oh, I okay. Guess. So they they're an um, all purpose droid. So- yeah, they, they're pretty. He's a pretty good like utility sort okay. of thing. Interfaces with a lot of machines. You can see he's got his little. That's one thing the sequels kind of ruined for me, in or prequels. Whoops, the prequel sequels. They give R two D two. They give him way these, too many things. They, he can do anything in the world. He can stun people. He has jetpack little flight things, and in this one, he's less. Uh, 
the the yeah the point Fluid. of the point of him is that he's supposed to be like a repair uh, support droid that is supposed mm-hmm. to be able to interface really well with a lot of machinery, do a lot of technical stuff, uh, repairs, stuff like that. Oh, I've only ever known him as being in the ship. You know how they dock them in the in the fight. Yeah, they jet. do that. That's basically they, all I know. So that they can repair them uh, while they're in the field. Like if they get an engine shot out, the droid can go back with its little. Yep, they showed a little and... bit of that. Although conveniently, it was right next to him, so they didn't have to do too much reaching. That's but... the design of the ship. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so they pick him up, take him home. Yeah, the R five guy uh, explodes, and they're like, "What are you trying to pull?" and C-3PO's like, well, how about that R2 unit? I know he's very good. I've worked with him before. And they're like, okay, yeah, you come in. Yeah, it's kind of funny that that, he waited until that moment. I mean, he was salty because him and R2 split up. Oh, there wasn't much you can do because they mentioned it very briefly, but he had a restraining bolt on him. Oh, right, All the uh, domesticated droids do, Mm -hmm. which allows the master to kind of control what they, like R2 tries to walk forward and the Jawa pushes a button. And it stops. stops. That's because of the restraining bolt. God, see, that's kind of shit I miss on. Okay, yes. Never mind, that makes more sense now. They get him home, C-3PO takes a hot bath. An and oil bath. An oil bath, is that what it yep. is? Yeah, there's so much dust in my joints or something like that, he says. <laughs> and this is where they finally introduce the whole plot of the movie, basically. Yep. Luke is cleaning R2 and he finds the message. The, a, a, just a piece of it. Yeah, and, and it's I, just playing the same part on loop. The help me, Obi Wan. Yeah. You know this scene. Another, but another thing I missed. I didn't know it was called Ben Kenobi. I thought fans called Obi Wan Ben Kenobi as just a shorthand for Obi Wan Kenobi. Nope. I didn't know it was in the movie. He he has taken that as his name now that he's hiding out on Tatooine because. I guess Obi-Wan's not a super common name. Yeah, and, you know, maybe if someone was looking for Obi-Wan Like Kenobi, Vader. Yeah, they would see Ben Kenobi and be like, no way. You'd think Tatooine would be the first place that Vader would look. Well, no, because he hates Tatooine. He hates he sand. He doesn't want to go anywhere near that. You gotta He's, remember that. Yeah. He hates sand. He really hates sand. It's coarse and rough and it gets everywhere. Yeah, not a fan. I can relate. I went to the beach a lot. As now a that kid. he's a robot, it's even worse. Oh, God, yeah. He would be like C-3PO. He would take an oil bath every, yeah. day, every two seconds. So he uh, finds a message and he's like hell bent on, oh, wait, I got to figure that he's, he's, this kid's got uh, ambitions of grandeur or whatever it's called. Uh, he wants to do he, more. He's got a dream. Yeah, he, he wants to go out there and fight with the rebellion. He mentions that his friends, like most of his friends yep. have already gone to fight for the rebellion. Yep. They left. And their, he's been left behind. What do they call it? Academy? Yes. They've left for Academy. He wants to be a pilot specifically. And he's been, he's been practicing. On his uh, uh, land speeder. That's what it's called. That those things were sweet. I actually like that effect of mm-hmm. just blurring out the wheels. That was dope. And uh, so he tries to talk to Uncle Ben and Uncle Ben. Uncle said, Owen. Uncle Owen. I, this isn't Spider Man. That's right. And uh, <laughs> just you know, great power and all that. Uh, and they make this very like tradi- Well, at that time, it might not have been a very classic trope, but at this time, the whole like you're not my real kid, so I have to be stern with you sort of nonsense I mean, it's an old story but he's basically we need you for the harvest yeah. you, you shouldn't go off and fight this oh but war. even it's... then when they say obi-wan or when he says obi-wan kenobi and ben kenobi uh aunt and uncle have a quick little side eye like oh oh no oh they know what's up yeah yeah they're aware so they've just got to keep the whole like nope stay good boy you be a good boy yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we don't want you getting it. Which always you can't do that to a kid. Yeah, and they're like Ben Kenobi's crazy. Stay away from him. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and drop it. Gonna go go take that R two D two unit and get its memory wiped, and this this will be the end of it or something like that. Mm. Which, by the way, it's very clear throughout this whole thing that not many of these people are high end actors. 
It's not poorly acted by no, any they, means, but it's all just people. They had to get the cast they had, and no no disrespect at all to Mark Hamill. Because no, no, no. He's, he's amazing. He's and, become one of the one of the best personalities in celeb in you know Hollywood. And this was like a then unknown Harrison Ford. He had been yeah. like an extra in another movie, and the director of that movie saw him like when looking at the footage as an extra and was like, "Who is this guy? Why why is the camera even on him? He's terrible. Get him out of my movie." <laughs> and and into this movie, and then <laughs> Harrison Ford has one of the best careers of. Of all yes. time. Uh, so they have their little side by side and uh turns out R2D2's got a mind of his own. He's hell bent on he shooting had, for Obi Wan. He actually kinda tricked uh Luke into removing the restraining bolts. He's like, I'd play back more of the message if you remove the restraining yeah. bolt. He does, and then he's like, What message? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then before Luke can do anything about that, he's called over by his aunt and uncle, so So it's just corny unrelated uh what oh, that but... reminds me of is uh real quick just real quick yep uh wrestling super i've been getting into that more and more <laughs> and they do silly stuff like that all the time so like right now this guy uh shinsuke nakamura he came over from new japan mm-hmm. he what he turned heel he's the bad guy mm-hmm. he punches aj styles in the in the junk right and they disqualify him you can't do that in wrestling get out of here the next day they're doing an interview and they're just like why would you do that why all this and all he does is he leans down the mic and goes I know speak English. And he just leans up. Man speaks perfect English. He's been in wrestling for years, but because they're doing the whole bad guy thing, it's very R2-D2 of him. Right. I'm going to start using that all the time. I'm going to pull R2-D2 on people. R2-D2's a cheeky little droid. Yeah, I'm going to pull a little R2 on somebody. Oh, we do get the binary sunset scene, which has no dialogue, but it's a really uh, well-known scene, mostly because of John Williams' score. But you see the two suns setting on Tatooine, which gives you the idea of, like, this is alien and... Yeah. Yet somehow still very comforting, and yeah. and you see Luke staring off in the distance because you know he wants something more. And once again, He's a dreamer with very little dialogue, you know exactly who Luke Skywalker is. Yeah. You know who he is, what he's about, and what his role in the movie is going to be. They 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 do a lot of either a no sound at all or b there's music playing the entire movie, and not 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 in a bad way. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you recognize that music immediately, but. Every action scene, every uh, love scene, every sad scene, every happy scene, there's music playing. Mm-hmm. Not once is there a lull, which is kind of cool. It helps you stay intrigued. Um, music students could write like a paper on how the music is used in that movie mm-hmm. to make it effective. But Also, John, John Williams is probably the most famous composer for movie uh, yes. soundtracks ever. Uh, didn't he do Jaws? I don't know if he did Jaws off the top of my head. I, want, I wish definitely he did Jaws. Indiana, definitely did Indiana Jones. Yep. Definitely did Superman. Yep. Um, I mean, what more do you need after those three? He did Harry Potter. Really? Yep, that's him. Oh, shit. I love the Harry Potter. I mean, we played it in school bands my mm-hmm. senior year. It was great. Anyways, this ain't a Harry Potter podcast. Nope. Star Wars. Yes. We're going to keep this going to keep happening. Yep, yep. I'm so sorry. Uh. I don't even remember where we were. Oh, the, the binary yeah, so, son. Yeah. Yep, and then R2 runs away, and Luke is like, oh, I'm gonna, I, Uncle Ben's going to have my ass if I don't get him. Yeah. So 3PO getting the, get the land speeder. And let's zoom off, and they go and find him. And then it gives you the corniest little scene ever where they see the sand people, and the sand person, like, kicks the shit out of luke and one two hits and then just decides to fist bump <laughs> yeah. i did it i fucking did it guys and you're like really 
focus on your. I don't even think that one knocked him out because you see Luke kind of riding. No, yeah, he's not knocked out. Yeah, the he's, guy's just like, he's just celebrating. But next scene, he's knocked out. That'd be like going to a bar, punching someone out, and they just get back up, and you're just like <laughs> celebrating. Woohoo! Freaking ridiculous. But, uh,. They trap him, and then just the very sight of Obi Wan, even though you don't. Oh see no, his he makes face. a weird noise. Oh, he makes a noise. He makes like a scary, like dragon roar noise, and they're just oh, like Je- Jedi dragon here. noise. Yep, that's a Jedi noise oh, trick. I didn't even. That's a thing. Yeah, he does it later in the movie too when he's uh, infiltrating the Death Star, and he just kind of does this, uh-huh. and the stormtroopers are like, "There's a sound over there." Oh, I thought he moved something. I didn't even notice that. I wasn't paying attention well enough. Jesus. Okay, yeah, Jedi. That is the one thing I love about this movie. It doesn't give you everything about Jedis, nor should it. It just kind of is like, they're awesome, moving on. And that was one of the reasons why people were pissed about the prequels, because they didn't want an explanation. Because it kills the magic of what the Force is if you explain everything. Or if you turn them into superheroes like the prequels did. The prequels gave them all that cool jumping and flipping and, like... They're using the Force push a lot more in the prequels, like uh, closing doors and shit. They're constantly doing everything with their Force. You'll get some cool Force stuff later in the in the series, yeah. but for now... Um, Once Yoda comes in. You don't have a whole lot of, like, like you know, Obi-Wan's old. Vader yeah. is, you know, it's it's not... You, that fight between them later, we'll get to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Luke barely knows how to use the Force, so yeah. there's not a whole lot of Force up in He this just knows movie. how to feel it, is about it, mm-hmm. by the end at least. So they uh, go back, and then it does the first time in this movie, for the ne- oh, compared to the next 30, this movie does not do death any justice. This movie's just like, yes, people die, moving on. Like he walks up, sees his uh, aunt and uncle dead. And in well, a really freaking morbid way. First, you have the whole scene with Obi-Wan where he's explaining oh, right. about the father and gives him a lightsaber. Yeah, and he's talking to him about, you know, what he could do and where he's from and this kind of fun stuff. And he tells him Vader murdered his dad, which, <laughs> whoa, sends sends him right off. Oh, you killed my dad. And then what What if they tracked him? Goes back to his home. And it's just, it's. I did not, I thought it would do like something tasteful. But no, it's just torch skeletons laying yep. on the ground. Not even in any sort of fun way. They don't or... get a death scene or anything. It's just they're already torched skeletons. Yeah, by and, the time. and that's the first time you see something like burned down like that. Usually it's laser blasted or, or cut up or something. Mm-hmm. No, it's freaking ugh. But anyways, that and then every other death from then on out is just kind of like, shit, someone died. Moving on. And it just. They're always like in the middle of a huge battle. Yeah, there's scene, always though, something too, going so on. So it's like. And at this point, he found out about his dad, and he found out about Vader, and he has the opportunity to help Obi-Wan. So I get it, but it was just, it was a little like... It does oh. give you, like, Luke's reaction, where he, he it gives has him, that... This, like, is the fir- this is the only one that gives him kind of his moment. Yeah, his his breathing, hold on, let me think this through moment. And that's not to say Mark Hamill's not good at uh, at emotion. He does it later in the series, from what I've seen on the internet, like when he's crying about his dad, which is right in front of him, because he has his hand cut off. But anyways... Mm-hmm. They push on through that, and he's like, all right, we'll go do it. And then this way you see the next cool Jedi power. They land speed, or what, speed pod, what? Yep, they speed. They take the land speeder to La- Mos Eisley. Okay, that sounded too silly in my head, even though I've already heard it like four times. I was like, <laughs> yeah. there's no way it's called a land speeder. And I tried to come up with a name. They take it on into the town. and uh, There is the, the wretched hive of scum and villainy line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. We also missed the... Our favorite line uh, during where they find because oh, the they find Jawas. the sand crawler and the Jawas all day. Yeah, and they're like, no, there's no way this was the sand people. 
it has the uh, accuracy and marksmanship that's only capable in a stormtrooper or something like that. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, and the sand people march single file to hide their numbers. These tracks are side by side, side. God, so which insightful. I think is pretty cool. Yeah, he's so insightful. How does Obi-Wan know all that? Or sorry, Ben, at this point in time. Uh, they go in and you get the next Jedi power uh, stormtroopers interrogating him. And he just says something with, did he have his his hand on his... Temple, I don't. Or? I don't think he even puts his hand on his. No, he does the. He does a little wave. Yeah, he does the little it's Jedi like, wave. These are not the droids you're looking yeah, for. These, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> it's like very traditional sort of like worker voice. All right, moving on. And they go into the scene where we were talking about earlier. The cantina scene. All the uh, aliens and the do 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 Played by Figrin Don and the modal nose. Yeah, a classical music styling called jizz. Yep. Yeah. It's like jazz, but it's called jizz. There's nothing that's a connotation about that. It's jazz that's one letter off. There's nothing weird to read into that. Yeah, we switched it up for the sake of world building. Yes. And... You get to see lightsaber for the first time in a cool way. Oh, yeah, because these two oh, guys you are... You don't even see the lightsaber until after he's standing there, right? Well, yeah, these two guys... Like, Luke goes up to the bar. Mm-hmm. They, they kick the droids out because they don't serve their kind here, which kind of makes sense. They're not yeah. buying alcohol. Robo-racism. So, yeah. so Luke's up at the bar, and the bartender's just ignoring him. And mm-hmm. these two guys walk up to him, and one of them's a weird alien with, like, butt a mouth. ball. Yeah. I, I He's, like, like a butt for a mouth. Two butt cheeks and then pig face. And then the pig-faced guy, which uh, their names are, by the way, uh, the pig-faced guy is Dr. Evizon, and the butt-faced guy is Panda Baba. The pig- might be, I might be backwards on that. Panda Baba? Panda Baba. Panda Baba. So they, Doc- they wait. Yeah, there's no way the pig guy's a doctor. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm Actually, it doesn't work for either. Doesn't of them. really work for either. <laughs> Neither of them. them should be doctors. What do they have their freaking PhDs in? The dude's wanted. He's on death row in twelve different systems. He, he has the death penalty in twelve systems. <laughs> yeah. Which? How did you get the death penalty and get away? Come he on. He doesn't man. like you. Yeah. I, don't I don't like, like you either. <laughs> I'll be careful. You'll be dead. Yeah. That's. I actually really like that scene. It was a little goofy, but it was well played <laughs> out. And then the super uh smooth acting of obi-wan just like all you hear is vroom, vroom, and ah, and then arm on the ground alec guinness which by the way he is the actor that is a get for the movie um he is the actual like most famous person yeah, he in the was movie. he him and harrison ford are the two best actors in that whole movie mm-hmm. um which is saying something especially for a very young well not very young but compared to the rest of his career very young harrison ford mm-hmm. uh Speaking of which, here he is. Yeah, they finally introduce him as uh, Han and, and Chewie, just two two pilots uh, who are willing to take stuff somewhere for the right you place. You actually see Obi-Wan talking to Chewie, and Chewie yes. refers him over to a booth where Han is. And they shoot on over there and uh, make their deal. 2,000 now, 15,000 when we get there, no questions asked. Which is a solid deal compared to the 10 that he asked for. Yeah, you can see Han's eyes light up. It is also where he gives the famous, I made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs yep, line. Yep, I did know that To which Obi-Wan too. gives kind of a little smile like, sure you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which implies that's like, this. you have no idea what that even means, but you're like, oh, it must be impressive if someone's willing to lie about it, uh, allegedly. <laughs> there's a, there's Han's a... not on trial here. <laughs> There's a lot of lore about the Kessel is there Run. Really? Yeah, um, a lot of it stems from the fact that parsecs is not a measure of time; it's a measure of distance. Oh. 
Um, which so in this he... in the script, it's supposed to be Han is in fact talking out his ass, and Obi Wan okay. realizes it, but Luke is kind of sucked in. Yeah, by Luke's it. like what? Okay, so that's not a real thing. Lore's backed up and been like, yeah, actually but did no, it. no, no. The Lord de- then did go like, okay, so the Kessel Run is actually a smuggling run that tries to take a shortcut by cutting dangerously close to a black hole, mm-hmm. and you know if you get too close, you get sucked in and you're dead. So. Han Solo was famous for being such a daring, cocky asshole that he went less than 12 parsecs to the black Away hole from it and... to cut the run down and Jeez. succeeded. Oh, that's corny. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, it gives you that kind of fun thing. But the nice thing about, I, we didn't mention this before, actually we have two mea culpas. One, George Lucas did in fact direct A New Hope, which yep. I said he hadn't because he didn't direct the next two. But he, uh, he co-directed the third one? I brought it up. It doesn't matter. Yes. And had very... He was a producer on Empire, but he wasn't yeah. the director and he wasn't the lead writer. Yeah, or... And, you know, he, he's not credited for writing at all mm-hmm. on Empire, which is, as we said out there, it's pretty funny that the best Star Wars movie had the least George Lucas involvement. Yes. Um, besides the story is all he gets credited. And the ones that we're watching, the second point to point out, the ones that we're watching are... From 1995, like I said earlier, but they are completely unedited visually. They didn't add any CGI. They didn't add any scenes. They didn't take away anything. It's the original theatrical release. And this um, is very much worth mentioning because next comes Greedo. Yeah, Greedo <laughs> comes on in and starts talking his smack. And uh, instead of the really hilarious CGI kind of like half body twist that Han would do in the new ones, uh, it's just a single blaster shot. Just a smooth grab on his pistol and... You don't even actually see him aim it. You just see a shot, and Greedo's dead. Right, but what this establishes is that Han is in debt, and there are people that are willing to kill him over it. So Han needs this money, and it, there's a reason why he's agreed to help these guys, even though he knows that they're involved in something dangerous. I think it also, uh, and this is kind of a point I have to credit Patrick for this, it also helps establish that Han is not necessarily a good guy, which makes his return at the end of the movie even more important. Yes. So, like, when you give him the dodge and shoot, you kind of be like, okay, so he's only willing to, you know, save himself when he's on the rip, whatever. This just implies, like, we'll get out of Han's way. He's he's looking out for Big H, and that's it. Yeah, he's a criminal. He makes his living through shady dealings. He's not going to bat an eye about shooting someone first. In the freaking chest and murdering him. Mm -hmm. So they, they take out, and at this point, the Empire's on to him. Because they have a guy uh, talking outside, yep. trying to say like, "Hey, where's the owner of these droids here?" I mean, like they've had, they've been searching this town. They've been scouring the planet for droids for a while. You do have the look, sir, droids guy. Oh which yeah, is yeah, great. Um, <laughs> that's right. But yeah, so people, so even with like Obi Wan's mind tricks, uh, people are still like seeing the droids, and stormtroopers are kind of looking at them sideways and. Eventually, this one dude with a big elephant snout, and I cannot remember what his species is called, but people know what it's called. They have to. That one was of like the most. That was one of the most important side aliens in the whole thing because he just. But yeah, he tips off some stormtroopers. He just tracks them, talks into something, and stormtroopers come, and he goes and points, which everyone here is like ten times lingual. They can speak any wah wah noise they want. You gotta. Yeah, and then they find him and start shooting, and this is where that, that uh, A-plus Stormtrooper marksmanship comes in, yeah. where they fire everything around everything, and Han just kind of stands in the middle firing. Yep, he kills a few, then retreats into the ship. Uh, and like all this while, Luke is kind of getting into it with Han, because 
like Han is clearly extorting them for a whole bunch of money to smuggle them out and looks like I could pilot it. I, I could just buy a ship and pilot it for that much. Yeah, Luke is also kind of And Obi-Wan's um, like, shut up, kid. Which I never got because I'd never seen the movies. Everyone always complained about how uh, Anakin made Luke look heroic because, you know, it's a joke that Luke, for a lot of the first trilogy, is a little baby. And he is. Yeah, he is a little baby, but I never got that until watching it. He is a child. He is just a, a whiny baby. He's got cool moments. I'm not saying Luke isn't cool. I'm just saying that they definitely play up the whole, like, uh, I can anything you can do, I can do better mentality of Luke, where he's just like, I don't know, guys, but I well, think I got this. Yeah, Luke's a good guy who always wants to do the right thing, but he's very inexperienced and very naive. Han is not so is much more experienced and capable, but he's not necessarily a good person. Like you have to kind of question yeah. how far we his just, we just watched to him shoot Greedo dead. Yeah, you know. What? Also, did I have it right the other day when I said, "Do we get to see uh, Yato? Watto? Watto? Who's which one's Watto? Watto's the the little flying guy in the shop. Oh, sell, the, with he the Trump. Anakin's, like, he's a Trump owner. person. Yeah. Well, what about who's Zabulba? Zabulba was the pod racer guy. Uh, who, uh, I was flipping Watto and Zabulba in my head. Okay. 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 Yes. That's that all makes sense. It all adds up. Which there's an awful lot of trunk people in this. Yeah. You think Rick and Morty had to license that? I... Hey, let the trunk people get married. <laughs> <laughs> just it just seems like a lot. Of, that was like the the main. As long as they don't say droids, I think Rick and Morty that <laughs> they'll get away with. I mean, it. Rick and Morty was trying real hard to get a lawsuit from a different famous sci-fi series. So, you know. True. Uh, I thought uh, when watching this that you know, it was either there was like two different uh, alien designs. It was. Go to the Halloween store nearest, buy a mask, and throw it on something. And that's absolutely what they did. Or B, put a trunk on just about anyone. There's like seven or eight different trunk people in that one cantina scene. There's it? some pretty cool looking aliens, though. I like the uh, the Ithorian, which is the guy that kind of looks like you take a you take a hammerhead shark and you flatten it. Yep, and, cur- yeah. and it curves back into his neck, sort of like it, it's kind of like a a swooped. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. And the little bat guy, which is literally yep. a bat. It is not. It's any just way a little bat that walks on its uh, front legs, and it's got little hands at the end of its wings, and it just grabs a little juice cup at the yeah. bar, and it's just like, I got my juice. Yeah, and he has it the whole rest of the time. You see him two more times or one more time. Um, yeah, he's like pointing some stormtroopers toward their table yeah. at some point later. Which he's not to fault. Was this guy? No, he's yeah. just trying to enjoy a good drink. We're not coming down on Bat Boy, not at all. Uh, they get away. I mean, they fly away. There's more back and forth with Han and uh, Luke, and they jump to light speed, warp speed. Yep, uh, they they jump to light speed. Okay, they jump to light speed, and uh, when they jump, you get the scene where they're interrogating Princess Leia in the Death Star, and they and they double cross her, they crisscross her. Tell us where the base is, or we blow up your home planet. Uh, here's a base. We're gonna blow up your home planet anyways. Get bent, nerd. And then they just vaporize her freaking planet yeah luckily she didn't tell them the actual yes location of the base you knew she wouldn't which it also never comes back and shows you again the interrogation scene you don't really get a follow-up on that where vader goes into a room and has the and needle, droid. That needle droid yeah that's the... they just Oof. they just kind of let that go yeah the thing has a freaking huge ass needle some sort of like clear like opaque liquid in there and it, it maybe implies either torture or like truth serum or something but you never come the back. The point yet. is that Leia's gone through some shit. Yeah, she's and Leia. Leia is not a dainty damsel in distress. She yeah. is 
a hardened soldier, a yeah. leader of men, and she is she's not going to put up with this which shit. we get a follow through in the next scene when they're freaking come out of warp speed into a rock field and they're like wait yep. there should be a planet here oh it's not here anymore and uh a tie tie, tie fighter is that what those things are called yep. in the Death Star? they don't actually say tie fighter in this movie oh. they just call it a short range fighter which is true because yeah. tie fighters don't have they don't have uh the ability to jump to light speed yep. they do not have life support actually yep. the empire decided that that was extraneous in the design of their short range fighters it's just like go out hopefully come back yeah, the the Empire's whole deal is that they have a lot of men and a lot of resources, and they don't care if they expend it. So. Oh, that's right. You get the famous line, oh, it's headed towards that small moon. That's not a moon. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a, not a, what do they say, not a 20 footer, 25 and three tons on it, like the Jaws line. <laughs> but uh, they get pulled in by the tractor beam. Oh, before that, they do have the scene of them like sitting around in the cabin, uh, like Luke's practicing with the little target. Oh, drone. right, right. I totally forgot about that. The little uh, uh, ball of death that shoots little lasers at you, and you have yeah, to which looks it. like they just hurt a little bit when they get yeah. yeah it's just a little like uh, like a BB gun. Mm-hmm. Oh, ah, damn! I wish I would have blocked that. And he just shoves a helmet on him. Yeah. Uh, Obi Wan shoves a helmet on Luke, and this this is where I was bringing up a. Uh, the fact that this did Jedi as a religion, whereas the prequels made it scientific, almost genetic sort of bullshit. Right. Where Han has his whole like, eh, believe in what you want, buddy. I know the, what I've seen. The exact line, because of course I know this, is yeah. hokey religions are nothing compared to a good blaster. At, or, hokey religions and ancient weapons are nothing compared yeah. to a good blaster at your side. Yeah, he calls it an ancient weapon, but earlier in the movie, Obi-Wan calls it a weapon for a more civilized age. A more elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Yeah, so very clearly two different mindsets here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get, uh, what's his fate? Which I am obviously was, I think, wrong on this, but I always thought that lightsabers could only be turned on by Jedi. I thought it was um, a Jedi power to. Okay, turn so that's on. actually that's actually a weird thing that the expanded universe goes back and forth on. Um, oh. Canonically, no, anyone can switch a lightsaber on and off. Okay, uh, but there have been expanded universe books that are no longer canon where it was stated that that is in fact a Jedi power that you have like to have. You some, somehow force some it force in. sensitivity to make the lightsaber work. Got it. I thought it was that way, but so it is something that they've been back and forth on. You also get the funny scene of. Uh, R2-D2 playing hollow chess against Chewbacca. Yeah, this really weird-looking, um, like, alien... Uh... Wait, I mean, no, you don't, because there's no humor in Star Wars. There was never any humor in Star Wars, and people who like that newest Star Wars movie because should be ashamed of themselves because that movie has way too much humor. Yeah, no, it was serious business. Risky, yeah, they, serious they business. They never actually even crack a smile in Star Wars. When nope. we were looking through the whole thing, no, not, not so much as a titter. Nope, not till the very end, and that's just a celebratory smile. That's not funny. They won. But, or maybe uh, they Han informed R two D two that uh, droids aren't known to tear people's arms off yeah. when they lose it. Hollow yeah. chess, and so C three POs is like, hey, I've got an idea, R two. Let the Wookie or let the guy, big guy, win or something. And like Chewbacca that. just puts his arms up above yeah. his head and is sitting all smug, like, yeah, yeah, you know it. <laughs> you know how it. And the game makes no sense. They don't. You have two creatures that cannot speak to each other, as far as we know, a beep boop and a and a Wookie. And yet they're playing this like elaborate chess where you send alien holograms at each other and they just body slam them. Yep. And that's the end. It's so weird. I'm sure that has a name. Uh, Holo chess. Oh, it is just called Holo chess. Yeah, that's so, uh, but it was cool, but mm-hmm. it just was silly. It's another one of those things that just kind of is like, yes, this world exists. We didn't pass by this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've gotten we'll tractor go back, beamed in. They're tractor beamed into the Death Star because they get too close following yeah. the Tie Fighter. They uh, fake the captain's log to say abandon ship, and they hide. In little smuggler's compartment. Remember, yeah. he said he modified the ship. But I never anticipated smuggling myself. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they send in people to look. They get out. And then you have the classic call a guy in. Hey, buddy, come in here. Walk in, punch him out, and put their clothes on sort of yep. a system. Your blaster sound, so they didn't punch him. But yeah, but it would be cooler if they punched yeah. him. Let's just go with punches. Uh, Maybe they were shooting at him. Oh, yeah. They punched him out. So I can still live my dream a little bit. Yep. Uh, or vice versa. You know, they tried to punch him and blast their face off. And they put on the suits, and that's another thing I knew was in this movie, was the disguise sort of uh, walk around a stormtrooper thing. Yeah, and they get into the little control room in the shuttle bay. Yeah, uh, trying to find the tractor beam and how to turn it off. Oh, crap, I forgot uh, Twinkle was yeah. in here again. I got you, Twinkle. Do not worry, we are experiencing some cat wrangling. Oh, she does not like that. Yep, yeah, cat is wrangled. We are good. We are good to go. I wish I could call not them even technical difficulties, but they're more like uh, animal difficulties. Some feline troubles. That seems to be your favorite place. I'm going to have to take notice of that. Anyway. Um, so they get they get in that room, trying to shut off the tractor beam so they get out, and Obi-Wan, right before this, says actually, uh, right, they're not in that room. Obi doesn't go into that room with them. Yeah, he says he's going to sneak around and try to find... This is like, something I have to do on my own. Yeah, power down the tractor beam. And he does have a moment of... Uh, well, some sort of force sense. Yeah, like Darth Vader's like, I sense something familiar, something yeah. I haven't felt in a long time. And so it's like clear that they can sense that the other one is here. It, so Obi-Wan's kind of sort of doing this because he knows it can draw Vader away from the rest of the group. Yes. And he goes and he, they have a lot of trouble sneaking around because they're doofuses. Obi-Wan is just walking around in his clothes, in his garb, and he's just like, Never get spotted. Not I mean, once. he's like using the force to make noises at the other end of hallways yeah. so that guards will. He's hiding behind stuff. Like there's one time guards walk by and he walks like around, like peeks out, like oh, coast is clear, and he takes off. And they're just supposed to wait there in the control room, but they find that Princess Leia is on the detention level and she's scheduled to be executed because they didn't take kindly to finding out that there is no rebel base on Dantooine. <laughs> yeah. So mur- they were going to murder her anyways. They said earlier when. Uh, She's having a confrontation with the senator guy, and he's like, do you think right. I liked signing your death certificate or something? Right, but they were keeping her alive as long as they felt that she could be useful, yeah. but then they're like, clearly there is no way, she's not going to buckle under torture, we are not getting the info out of her. Murder. Time to get rid of her. Yeah. Uh, and Luke, being good good guy Luke, cool hand Luke over here, is just like, we gotta do something! And, and they, Han's like, no. Yes, yeah, And then he's like, she's a princess, she's probably really wealthy. Yeah. And Han's like, all right <laughs> name the right price will make han do anything and uh so they go they go down to the prison level with like pretending that chewbacca is a prisoner they have him in cuffs but they're like loose so that you can easily just... yeah just hulk out and they just they take over the command center and they shoot like two million cameras <laughs> yeah that scene was kind of funny which <laughs> this movie was known for that kind of stuff um like reusing the same scene over and over again to yep. make the action bigger. Same footage. Yeah, two or three different cameras just get played a few, you know, four or five times. Shoot just it exploding. down. Shoot it down. Shoot it down. And I thought that I was like, shit! It it lasted so long that before it was over, I was able to go, how many freaking cameras are they going to shoot down? And you got to say, I guess a lot. And it still was going on. Yep. So 
they do that. They go get her out. Uh, there is the. She's the, all seductive when she opens the door. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Yeah. What? Oh, the uniform. <laughs> yeah, and he takes the armor off. Um, uh, Han Solo is trying, trying really hard to bluff the. Uh, the search party into not coming down after that camera <laughs> that shooting spree. That was the funniest part of the whole thing. <laughs> nope, uh, everything's Every- fine. We had a weapons malfunction. Uh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm setting a squad down. Uh, no, no, uh, don't, don't bother. Yeah, yeah, he just shoots. It's a it. boring conversation anyway. <laughs> like that kind of. Sh- I didn't. I didn't anticipate that kind of humor. Like I said, that's more Princess Bridey than she had mm. half the comedy movies that come out. That was great. Uh, and then they spend the next, I don't know, five, ten minutes literally just in a hallway shooting at the bad guys arguing with each other because that's all the four they, of oh, them are good at. Yeah, just Princess yell. Leia is not thrilled. She's um, tough, tough lady Leia. Luke is kind of like, guys, guys. Guys, we need to do something. And Han Solo's like, I'll be open to any ideas. And yeah. Leia's just like, all right, fuck it. And give me that. Grabs like the blaster from Luke, shoots off a vent cover. And Hands it back down. to Luke and then just yeah. jumps into it. <laughs> Which is pretty great. And then you get the big, super tough, badass Wookiee who you can tell is just going, I don't want to do it, man. I don't want to go in that hole, man. I don't care what you smell. Get down there. Yeah, and he <laughs> and smacks Han him in the back. Kicks, yeah. He kicks him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He just falls down the chute. And then you have just back-to-back dives. Just Oh, that yeah. was one thing for, we forgot to mention from the very beginning of the movie. One of the goofiest I don't know why they did it scenes was the very beginning when they break through the blast door, R2 and C3PO just being like, just, let's go across. <laughs> they're just, yeah, they're shooting down the hallway and R2D2 and C3PO are just like, oh, right, come no, excuse me. Uh. Yeah, there's nonstop fire. Like, there's no way that. Yeah, ends they don't well. stop during the, but that either. But that was just a silly directing choice, but it was cool. It was. Funny. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was meant to be funny. Yeah. So they get to the, uh, they're down in the trash compactor and everyone knows this scene. I thought it was in a later movie, but everyone knows this scene. Yeah. They're the, uh, octopus thing. Dianoga. Oh, okay. Dianogas? Is that a species it, or this monster? It's the species. Oh, okay. Those exist elsewhere? Yeah, they're sewer monsters. They live in they live in sewer systems oh. and trash compactors. And so, they eat garbage. Yeah, I didn't know it grabbed Luke. I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought it showed up, and then when it started closing, it ran away. But it grabs Luke, almost murders him in... But it runs away because it knows that the compactor is being turned on. Yeah. I guess it probably has a little hidey hole. It has some into. sort of like you know maybe a, a drain it can shoot down um but it uh grabs and pulls him under the thing i i thought was funny was every time it pulled him under only the water's not even up to your knees han just keeps wading through that same water with his hand just back and forth well luke, han's luke. like this, this is real gross i don't i don't know if i want to yeah but he's just in looking that. in one like it pulled him <laughs> under not that deep of water and yet he's choosing to look right at his own feet like huh are you here and eventually there's like a point where there's like this there's this tension that you don't know if luke's gonna come back surface down. back up and everyone yeah, like it's just calming down everyone like you can almost see han being like I don't want to go down there. Yeah. <laughs> and then you hear like a grind or something. You're like, a uh, like as if the compactor is going to start closing. Luke does pop up before the compactor starts. though. It's before it starts. But I thought I thought there was like a, an indication it was going to start. It does. something. Yeah, because, well, there is that indication that it's going to start. But Luke does come up first. Yeah. And he's like, it ran away. It, it just went away. I don't know why. And yeah. then yeah, it starts smushing. They're freaking out. Everyone knows what happens. There's Luke a- is trying to contact C-3PO to get him to shut it down, but C-3PO is running into some trouble with some guards checking out the room. Yeah. And uh, he bluffs his way out of that. That was funny. Does. That was really cool. They just lock themselves in the closet and he's just like, oh, those mad men, they ran to cell block, whatever. Go get them. Like, well, this guy couldn't be lying to us at all. Sure. Let's take off. Stormtroopers are not bright. No, they're not smart people. 
there's I thought I thought they were clones, but that all ended at the Clone Wars. The clones aged like super fast. So uh. while the first generation stormtroopers were clones, uh, the later stormtroopers are now just uh, either volunteers or conscripts. Oh. Mostly conscripts from planets that the Empire has taken over, yeah. but all humans because Empire is very uh, xenophobic. Got it. Yeah, you can't have butts for faces. Yep. Otherwise, no one would want to talk to you. So they're going. Uh... Oh, they get out. Uh, he talks C three PO. R two D two puts his dick in the wall, and they get yeah, out. Yeah, they're they're celebrating, and they're like, "Oh no, we're too late! They're <laughs> yeah, dying!" Because they're just screaming into the comm thing because they're excited they didn't die. Uh, and he has him open the door and. Wookie, uh, the Wookie, uh, Chewbacca is noticeably shook about this whole scenario because they get out and he like looks back at the door and like scurries along. He's like, "Don't worry, we're not going." I mean, back he there. really did not want to be in there. Yeah, and and I mean, Han Solo didn't really want to be in there too. True. Like his first line is, "What an interesting smell you found." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when they get out, that was that was just a funny little tidbit to add. The Wookie, like Chewbacca, looks back and like does like a shake, mm-hmm. and Han's like, "Don't worry, we're not going back there," and like walks him out like that. A trash compactor is enough to send a Wookiee just to the end of their fear line. Once again, another thing this movie's really good at, and this is another example of it, Chewbacca has no intelligible dialogue, but you know what he's about. Yeah, you know what he feels. You're just like, okay, this guy, uh, he's tough with most things because he's punching storm like when he breaks out of his cuffs he just starts he just rabbits. Oh, he's a good shot with a blaster too yeah he shoots him down you know he's, well, he's cocky about his game but he's scared of that compactor mm-hmm. uh i don't remember what happened after that okay so at this point they're uh you know they're going through they encounter a wave of stormtroopers mm-hmm. and han solo's just like all right you guys escape i got this and he instead of running away runs after <laughs> yeah. them and it's really funny because he's just running down the corridor screaming like holding his, his blast gun over his head like leaning you know, into just, it ah! it's not a very uh but then he turns the corner and there's more of them and he's just like oh and then the next thing, it's like the same camera in the same place and it's just him running away and chewbacca's just like all right. What just happened? Oh, okay. I, I tried to help because he <laughs> kind of followed him. Uh, and they shoot and they run and they get to the ship. And this is where you... um, Luke and Leia, though, get stuck on the on the bridge. Right. Like, and the he bridge uses is his out. battery. It's like the door won't lock. So he shoots the panel and they're like, extend the bridge. Uh, that was the, the yeah, bridge. Extended. I just shot the thing that extends the bridge. As I, he says something like that. They do. They have to shoot a few stormtroopers. One of them dies with a Wilhelm scream, which is <laughs> and he does wonderful. A, he gets shot in the shoulder, and then he just falls oh, off. And he when he falls off, tanks. it does the Wilhelm scream. Yeah, he just kind of tanks over the edge like a fool. But then they they swing heroically. Yeah, with his batarang, dude busts out his utility belt, and he's like, "I got this." Kind of like takes a comedically long time to pull the cord out like hold on got to make sure you get the, all this cord out before we're ready well i don't think it was meant to be a grappling hook. it's probably some sort of farm tool he has i'm sure but i don't was, know what you'd use it for but it was still goofy uh but it was cool yeah they, they swing over perfect first try every time shoot back at the people and move on your way and uh this is when uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi start yep. their super epic light... Rivals the Darth Maul lightsaber scene. Oh, where yeah. they just kind of... To be fair, it's an old dude fighting a dude who's mostly robot. That's true, I guess. But even then, later in... The, well, no, I won't know that, actually. I don't know no. how good Darth Vader is with... The, the choreography lightsaber. does get better later. Okay. But uh, they had very little budget to work on in this movie. Yeah. And Alec Guinness was probably like, I have to stand up for this. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay, really This seems going to be like a minute tops, okay? <laughs> I've got things to do. Also, when I die, I don't want to die. Just have me go somewhere. Just have me. Actually, they did that on purpose 
But that would be really funny if that was the reasoning. You know how actors make a stand on why certain things would happen. Yep. He was just like, I don't, I don't want to act out a dying scene. But he he famously was not uh, not very big on Star Wars at all. This right. was a movie that he did. Like he was he was slumming it. This yeah. was a quick paycheck for him. He does not like the movie. Did not like it till the day he died. Really? Yeah. Wow. Not even after was, it made him all that money? He was an annoyed that it got big because it was the only movie that people would remember him from. And he didn't like the fact that anytime oh. someone would come up to him, it was about Star Wars. Yeah, it was about... I had to remind him about that dumb sci-fi movie he was <laughs> in. Because he was like a classically trained like yeah. Shakespearean actor. And... and you can hear it in his voice, actually. I've never, I don't know. I might have seen something he's in, but I wouldn't know it. But you can tell by his voice that he's a very uh, eloquent person. Mm-hmm. Um they have their lightsaber scene, and then he just, just without dialogue, he just looks over, realizes they're going to be okay to get away. I mean, there's a lot of dialogue in the lightsaber scene, because no, everyone can recite that by heart. Yeah. When we last met, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. I the meant between Luke yeah. and uh, Obi-Wan, not Darth yep. and Ben, because Darth yes. and Ben have plenty going on, yeah. Only a master of evil, Darth. Yeah. Oh, shit, he called him out. You know it's going down. <laughs> and then he says, uh, which I thought was awesome, yeah, he's a... Uh, uh, you're making a grave mistake, Darth Vader. If you if kill you, me, I'll become more powerful than you'll ever know or something. If you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Yeah, that's freaking badass, <laughs> which I still don't understand, and I don't think I ever will. But Well, so yeah, he sees Luke. He kind of smiles. Yep. Holds his lightsaber in a neutral Turns position and yep. lights. Yeah, Vader just kills him. The minute he it dis- touches But him. he disappears and just folds into robes, which yep. is... Actually, I guess kind it kind of establishes a way that Jedi's die. Yeah, well, so they that, do, they become one with the Force when they yeah, die. Yeah, it it establishes this one. The prequels ruin that. Jedi's are just dying left and right. Yeah, which to be fair, uh, Yoda talks about how you have to reach like a certain level of enlightenment to right. do that. But still, someone like Qui Gon Jinn just getting a, a lightsaber through the chest, calling it a day. They, they, they try have to, to have a Viking funeral for him. Yeah, they try to wipe that off as if like. All right, uh, forget that disappearing stuff. And then I, in the new ones, they bring it back. But like, but. yeah, immediately after Obi Wan dies, Luke starts hearing his voice in his head. Which even advice. actually, oh shit! While we're saying that, before he hears his voice in his head, or no, at the same time, uh, Vader's confused as shit. He starts patting his Obi Wan's robes with his foot. He's right. Like, wait I don't a think minute. Vader knows how that works. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, wait a minute. Where where'd you go? Where where where'd you disappear off to? Which you know obviously implies like Anakin has no idea that this is what's. Oh, we don't know it's Anakin yet. Sorry. Darth Vader has no idea that that's what happens, um, which I know that's how Yoda dies as well. He fades away. But I, I want to know I want to know more about uh, what do they call him? Force ghosts. Mm. I don't know if that's the actual term. But... I don't know what the term is, but the, the idea is that they become one with the force and continue to operate through the force. Yeah, so. by helping you as a force ghost. But force ghost is what everyone calls it. It's them, way so. cooler. Um, they get in the ship and they, they manage to escape. And then you have the super sweet, overused, same shot over and over again uh, pilot fight. where they're, they're, Yeah, they're in the chairs. Which Those chairs seems, look really fun, though. They look fun, but that seems inefficient from a gunner standpoint like right i feel like it would be disorientating for it to have your whole body move as you're moving your arms and maybe it's ways. because the guns are really cheap because the millennium falcon's a piece of crap that's true that's could be a part of it but it just it really i didn't understand how that would be a good use but it looked cool it mm-hmm. looked really cool they, like i said they used the same scene of the tie fighter flying in and flying out like three times of course, more famous dialogue. I got one. Nice shot, kid. Now don't get cocky. <laughs> yeah, no, don't get cocky. And they take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they win that, 
they do something. Oh, they, they go and yeah, take go to the, the rebel plans. base. They take the plans, and he, and Luke Skywalker gets to be a little cockass, and he's like, uh, "That's impossible. It's not impossible. I used to bullseye swamp rats in my T something swamp rats. Swamp rats. Oh my gosh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> in my T one thousand or something. something. Like that. Yeah, uh, and they're that not I bigger. Remember, they're not bigger than two meters. Like you can just a Family Guy did it really funny, where you can just imagine that guy being like, "What the shit, man? Like you call me out in front of all these people, right? Don't, don't be an asshole to me right now. <laughs> that really hurts." Yeah, like, come on. It's a very generic plan. Like, okay, They're like oh, yeah. So there's an exhaust port. Uh, yeah. This is this is pretty famous. Cause... And the biggest thing is that the Death Star doesn't anticipate a single little flyer. It doesn't think that small craft are a threat to it. Yeah, so it's because it's, it's a monster of a. It's got a grid of turrets, but when you get too close to the surface of the ship, the turrets can't target you anymore. Yeah. And small fighters can do that. And also the uh, exhaust port's only two meters big, so it takes a very accurate shot to and hit it's it. it's shielded and... from lasers, so you need to use photon torpedoes, which yeah. you know are are limited in ammo, unlike the lasers, which yeah. recharge. Yeah, and um, they uh, and that just I mean shit that happens quick. It sets off the end of the movie. Yep, uh, Han is loading just just He's got cases full of, cash. of whatever kind <laughs> yeah. of money it is. Just just loads and loads of wampum that he's loading into his ship. And uh, they have a, a fun little back and forth of, well, okay, it's not Luke, fun at all. Luke is like really disappointed because he's like, I like, well, Han has grown is like Luke has kind of grown on Han. You can see that Han kind of respects him at this point. And he's mm-hmm. like, look, you were pretty good out there. I could use someone like you helping me. And but Luke is just like, I can't believe that after all we've been through, you're just going to take the money and leave. Yeah. And Han's like, what's the point of a reward if you can't be able to spend it this this movie would have benefited from a licensed soundtrack so bad they could have just gotten take the money and run <laughs> slapped it on that scene no no we're not putting roll, that over John roll through i love it. that song but <laughs> and uh they have a back forth and he and then han yeah the major change of character is like hey luke may the force be with you but luke is basically just so like yeah. upset with han he's like that he doesn't screw say you back. you're yeah. being a jerk which that's i i said it to you i was like that's huge he, yeah, he thinks it's a hokey like, sort of thing. Han, you could get that Han at this point respects Luke, and there's definitely a part of him that feels really guilt. In fact, like Chewbacca's like, you know, growls, and he's like, and Han's like unsure, and he's like, I, I made my decision. Yeah, and just goes. I know what I'm doing. Or yeah, uh, that's yeah. what it was. I know what I'm doing. And he uh, gets in the ship and takes off, and they all fly in, and then you get the parodied by freaking thumb wars the best the red, red one, one standing by yeah, yeah red two red three uh golden leader red leader uh there's so many different just little names everyone has red sanford standing by <laughs> <laughs> yeah my favorite from thumb wars is a guy that just goes oh I'm naked and he's just totally naked and that's all you see of him but he's a thumb so. yeah so it's all right it's fine uh and they just one by one try to fly down in then you get the other sweet parodied scene where the guy's just like a little closer little closer or what does he say stay on target yeah he says it like six stay times on tar- it's only twice but they give you the number as they're getting closer a little they, closer yeah, they have the targeting yeah they're like okay so like people are dying left and right in this scene like x-wing pilots are dying left and right gold squadron goes into the trench uh but at this point they've scrambled fighters and vader just kind of grabs two guys he gets out in his personal fighter which is which slightly is a, different shape. It is a prototype TIE Advance. Eventually, they will build the TIE Advance based off of the design of Vader's personal fighter. Dang. Um, and then does he get another better one? Probably. He's probably dead at that point. 
Um, no, no, he's not dead by that point. Oh, okay. But the it actually has a life support and a light speed jump system, um, so it is just a better craft. Ah, than... so without telling you, that's why... Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. The X-Wings are actually, like, generic mass-produced. They're like the AK-47 of Starship. That yeah. they're, they're very that's easy why to the Rebels use them, so that... man. Yes. Um, they shoot the red lasers, which are normal lasers, and they aren't as powerful as the green lasers that the TIE Fighter and all Imperial craft shoot, which are turbo lasers. They mentioned that once. In the movie, they mentioned it? Yeah, when they're like, they're getting past the turbo laser. Like, they're oh, too fast for the turbo lasers. Right, right, right. Yeah, because they can't lock onto them. They're too low or whatever. But they are more powerful lasers that could dismantle. But TIE Fighters are also, like, made of paper mache because, once again, the Empire doesn't care about the survivability yeah. of their pilots. Yeah, they're just picking them off. It takes, like, one hit for anyone to hit anyone. Except for the very convenient hits that Luke takes. And that, that's die. the thing, because X-Wings have shields. TIE Fighters don't. Oh, so X-Wings, if it's not a direct hit, can take a few hits from the lasers, but TIE Fighters will just, yeah, just disappear. Um, and they fly in the guys a little closer, a little closer, and then he gets got, unfortunately. Yep. He, he misses the shot. Target. Yeah, he misses the shot, pulls up. Because because now Vader is on him. And yeah. Vader is complete. Like, their mission's going good until Vader takes the field, and he's just killing dudes Which left and right. I knew because of the prequels. The prequels point out how good of a flyer Anakin is. I mean, even in this movie. They, they point it out pretty Obi-Wan's different. like, he was a great pilot and a right. great warrior. and Yeah, he keeps giving him all the credit. and. It he doesn't the, mention that it was Vader that was that. True. It mentions that it was Luke's father that yeah. was the great pilot. Which makes the Ewan McGregor scene at the end of Revenge of the Sith just so powerful. Because he calls him his friend. He was like, he was once a great friend. Mm. Uh, and, oh, that's such a good scene. I, I like that you point that out. That There is some stuff from the prequel that works if you carry it forward. Yeah, it, what's it, going it rolls through. There's a lot of stuff that helps. But, like, that specifically, the, the Anakin-Obi-Wan dynamic carries over perfectly for what i've seen so far obviously i gotta see empire and stuff but from what so far is is wonderful i i the the pain in ewan mcgregor at the end of revenge of the sith and the hatred in anakin to obi-wan finally being obi-wan again called obi-wan again there's and being kind like, of like a sad acceptance yeah, he's to, like, like wait like i have to i have to go back up against this guy like i really didn't want to ever ever be a part of this again but all right i'm in it like it it, it, it worked well so I can understand uh, George Lucas's take on watching one to six as opposed to the jump around. But anyways, um, it gave me some context there. So Gold Squadron completely beefs it. No. And at this point, all that's left of Red Squadron, like Red Leaders died. Yep. Um, Porkins. Porkins. Got, Porkins got, got. <laughs> the only person with a different name other than Red or Gold something is a fat guy. No, there are, there are others because Luke mentions it. There's, uh, there's Biggs Darklighter. Who was the guy with the the porn stash? Okay, yep, a real um, solid stash. Also, uh, he was actually an old friend of Luke's from back on Tatooine. Who, really? uh, remember they mentioned that his friends had gone to fight in the rebellion. Yes, Biggs was actually one of them. Really? Um, it's not really made a scene of in the movie. The special edition does add an extra scene that was left out of, of the movie. Them just being where like... they when Luke first gets to the rebel base, they have like a little reunion scene. Oh, that's cool. I would have liked that, but. Uh, but the other one is uh, Wedge Antilles, who is also mentioned earlier in the movie that uh, C-3PO mentions that his previous owner was Captain Antilles. Oh, that's true. And Wedge is just like, he, he's basically like the um, the Rebel's ace. And he's also the only pilot other than Luke that survives the battle. Really? Because when they're in the trench run, uh, Wedge gets hit yeah. and he's like, I- I'm hit. I'm going to be useless. Oh, yeah, he and just Luke's takes like, up. Pull out. So, yeah, you're so no Wedge use lives. back there or whatever. And he just takes off. 
Uh, Wedge lives big. Oh, and Garth actually says, leave him be, stay on target. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, all right, fuck it. Just let that guy go. Uh, Biggs gets got by Vader. Yeah. Yeah. He gets got bad. And uh, it's only Luke left. Vader is getting him in his sight. I have you. I have you now. Yeah. And he and and then freaking Luke, though, at the same time or slightly beforehand, uh, oh, he switches off his targeting yep. computer because he hears Obi Wan. Use the Force, Luke. Yep, that the, famous line. Yeah, everyone, can, you can hear it in your head. Mm-hmm. And uh, he pulls it off. They're like, "Luke, are you okay? What's I'm, wrong? You switched off your targeting computer." Yeah. I'm fine. It's like all he says. I'm fine. He just goes about his day. Yep. Vader's about to get him, but then Han Solo comes yeah. in. Ah, takes out the uh, one of he the. He takes TIE out fighters. one of the Tie Fighters, then the other one because it's really panics. funny to me. It's just like look out and crashes into <laughs> yeah. Vader. He doesn't get shot by Han. He just crashes into Vader. Hits Vader and then also bounces off him and hits the wall and just explodes. Yeah, Vader wishes that guy was alive so he could kill <laughs> so him. So he again. could force choke him. Just but so Vader he... goes spinning off into space and. Yep. The, like Luke is free to take the shot and he takes the shot without the targeting computer. That's one of the only times of like relatively bad special effects is the little torpedoes just making the whoop just drop yeah, down just in there. Whoop. They do that awkward turn. Yeah, the like, really per- 90 perfect 90 drop. Uh, and then they're like, all right, to shoot on Tatooine or, or not Tatooine, shoot on uh, whatever this ta- planet they're at. Shoot when ready. They don't get to yeah. shoot. Fire when ready. Yavin 4, which is a moon of Yavin. Uh, oh. The fourth moon of Yavin. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, they, yeah, you may fire when ready. And they're powering it up. And the music is building to a climax. And then the Death Star explodes. That, that just over the top, black wallpaper, just... Han's like, great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Yeah. And then the corniest ending to a movie that's not Return of the King is just... <laughs> smiles and like looks at each they, other they have a nice and, oh, they 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 celebrate and then they have the a nice music overly loud chewie gets left out there's no there's no dialogue in the metal scene no. yeah chewie doesn't get a medal it's just it, it was a little um there's a lot of sexual tension between uh eye contact with the three characters constantly looking at each other r2d2 gets his little beep boop beep and uh, luke just goes oh you he has like a classic like yeah, it's, just, oh. it's like a sitcom look that yeah, he gives yeah. him. It's, it's like he told him like a really corny joke or said something that's kind of like a uh, uh, background jo- uh, joke they have between each other. And I can hear the music in my head and it builds to a climax as all the actors look at the screen and almost like you can almost see in your head them taking a bow, yeah, but they don't. They don't. It's, it's right and there. And then it just cuts the Star Wars <laughs> theme and credits. Yeah. Gosh. And blue, blue text on the black background. Just yep. roll it. It was all right. So, so yeah. Let's let's unpack this now. Br- brother Jake, br- br- brother Jake has said that this movie is just all right to him. Mm-hmm. I can understand why he thinks that, but on the flip, I can understand. I in no way think this movie is overrated. Mm-hmm. A lot of people call it overrated because people go nuts over it. I think it's perfectly rated. That movie was excellent. I'm sure. I I, I have to believe it only gets better because of. Uh, the studio saying, all right, you're not a one and done. Now let's do some more. So I have to assume the next two are, are, are a little bit more f- fleshed out a little they more. Got, they have more of a budget, yes. Yeah, they've got a bigger budget. They've got the knowing that it's not just going to be a single film. They've got the, hey, you're going to be able to round out your story however you choose. I don't know the runtimes on them. So I have to imagine they get better. But 
The run times are about the same across about the, same. the three. I, 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 as far as a sci-fi space opera goes, oh, hell yeah. I'll watch that movie a thousand more times. The thing about the Star Wars movies, and that's the, always been there, at least in the original, it's it's absent from the prequels, is just this sense of fun. Yeah, like, everyone's just having a great time oh, all the which, time. Oh, which, to say, you know what, which is why, like, uh, Patrick is constantly calling Guardians of the Galaxy Star Wars for today's kids. I, I kind of get that. that. I, yeah, I, get I get that, that. now because you're right. It's it, it does. I mean, do people some, die. There are heavy things. Yeah, that it does happen, do some but... serious stuff. But the whole time, you're just like, it, it, I'm happy we ate zebra snacks and laid in a fort. Like it felt yes. <laughs> goofy. It felt fun and exciting to watch. I wish I had watched it. I wish I had been alive to see it in theaters. That would have been next level. But And this is why I like the new movies, because they have that sense of fun back. Yeah. The, the prequels missed it. The new movies have that. Yes, even the recent one that everyone hates. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. I, well, once I finish with the next two, because mm. um, I want to watch uh, Empire. I mean, it's one of the greatest movies of all time, supposedly. I, I got to see it. But, but I will say, A New Hope is not my favorite Star Wars yet. Oh, you would actually put one of the I, I would over put it? Revenge of the Sith above it. Revenge of the Sith is the strongest of the yeah, three. I mean, I, I would say I, I, it's better than uh, Attack, uh, and it's better than uh, uh, Phantom Menace easily. But but there's a big reason here why I can't, in good conscience, put it over uh, any of the original movies. And this isn't just like blind nostalgia mm-hmm. of the, it's the fact that Revenge of the Sith to me feels like. There was a there was a strong beginning with the action set piece. Yeah, there was a strong ending with the fight on. Yeah, um, he had the higher ground. Yeah, don't even try it, kid. Though the choreography is silly and the fight's a little bit overblown, so it doesn't necessarily feel as hard hitting until the very end. It had so the movie has a strong beginning, a strong end, and a whole bunch of not very much (laughs) in the middle. Whereas this movie, like every minute of it, feels like it's doing something that it's like. No minute of its runtime is wasted. It is establishing yeah. its universe. It is building up something that is bigger than even itself. Mm. Which is why there's uh, like eight hours of content in a two-hour movie. Which is why I might I might move it up and like it more after I've seen two and three because this is one of those movies. This is like this movie is like what Firefly is uh, without Serenity. Like you give us this build, you give us all this information with no context. If you don't. If you just keep rubbing it and then stop in a minute and don't let me release, it's a bit major bummer. And Fair. a new hope without anything else is that to me. It has a. It does it have does, an ending. It, it tells its own self-contained story, but you do kind of. It does leave you wanting to know where it, it goes it, from there. Yeah, or just wanting to know more about how it went there. Like you get to see, like you said, the direct. You get to see Luke to stop to like top to bottom you get to see his story no matter what you get his beginning his reasoning his motives his uh action and the ending but everything else that it keeps establishing over and over and referencing you want more of right so if you only gave me a new hope i'd be like yeah that was fine but you give me star wars that changes everything so new hope might move up to pass revenge of the sith but with the prequel knowledge and the way i was able to apply it to to a new hope I've got to kind of keep it in that realm. I do like hearing it from that perspective. Yeah. That you feel like you gained a lot from the prequels bringing it into A New Hope and it made a lot of the scenes take yeah. on new meaning to you. Yeah. If I if, if I ever meet anyone who's never seen them before and wants to watch them, I, 
I will recommend the prequels first. I mean, I I cannot watch A New Hope with fresh eyes. That is that is something that is unfortunately lost to me. It is yeah. lost to you now too. Yeah, that's true. If I like I can't see it having not seen the prequels and I can't see it having only seen the prequels yeah. for the first time. So you get and well and you're a much more analytical person than I am too or you have the ability to remember more details and I'm just kind of like, "Oh shit, that was cool. Wait, what happened there?" You know what I mean? It's... I also do want to point out that all this dumb expanded universe stuff that I'm talking about doesn't actually matter. It doesn't really <laughs> d- do it... anything for the enjoyment of the film, but it's really cool that it exists. Yeah, no, it does a lot for the enjoyment of the film because I'm like, oh, that guy was funny. And you're like, actually, that guy's this. I'm like, holy shit, that's a guy. And like, it changes everything. It's great. I, I like the feeling that there is a larger universe yeah. that maybe doesn't necessarily matter to the plot of the movie, but it feels like it makes everything feel more important. It makes yeah. everything like there, there are real stakes because well, what if the death star blew up the little bat guy with his little yeah. juice? So he yeah. wouldn't get to drink his juice. <laughs> Who knows what kind of juice is it? Apple juice? Is it It's probably pear juice? I think bats love pears, but yeah, they like fruit. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's, it's yeah, I'm, I'm all turned around on Star Wars. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know if I'll ever like actively start digging in because I know people love the uh, not all, but a lot of the video games get a lot of credit for being. Well... I could I could recommend you some things to to check out. You wouldn't necessarily want to deep dive all of it because there is a lot of bad oh stuff my out gosh, there. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, of course, as you know, there would be in anything yeah. that it's like saying you know you can't you can't read a bad Spider Man story. It's like yeah, you can. You know, I'm not going to just send you blindly into Spider-Man. You've got having that comics mentality about Star Wars is probably about right what you would want to okay. have too. Like, it's got its established canon. There yeah. are some things that are definitely great that people would love and people would definitely recommend. And there's other things that people wouldn't like. Like, yeah. the, it, Phantom Menace is Star Wars is one more day, I guess. <laughs> if we're going with Spider-Man stories, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh God, Phantom Menace. I really, I. Part of me wants to watch it again, but I'll wait till I'm done with this. This the problem with Phantom Menace is that it adds absolutely nothing to the overall series. All it gives you. It also might be deeply racist. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> all it gives you is a, which you get over and over again. Like what's what Star Wars is all about. The entirety of Star Wars is, hey, the person you looked up to died. Now be a better person. Every single movie has someone die and someone want to either avenge or get revenge or just aspire to be better because that person died mm-hmm. that's all a new hope or i mean a uh, phantom menace gives you is it gives you uh obi-wan going like i'm gonna take care of this kid which would be fine if obi-wan were the main character of phantom menace yeah, but he yeah. really isn't no he's not at all they didn't play that up enough uh, to the slightest degree but that's all that gives you it all that phantom menace is good for is about 10 minutes worth of scenes where obi-wan realizes this kid could be great, and I'm going to try to help him. Other than that, take the whole movie, crumble it up, toss it out the window. And amongst my Star Wars friends, I'm actually considered a bit of a prequel apologist. Really? So the fact that you're the one who's defending the prequels <laughs> more than I am is... There There are parts of the prequels that I so, actually like. So but... Patrick is like this. This last one, we'll jump off after this. Have a good th- time. This is where the comic book mentality helps a lot. So Batman has been in a lot of movies. Yep. And each one has been rather polarizing in either a love or hate way. The 89 one was hated for a long time and is now beloved. It was, sorry, it was loved, hated, 
loved and now it's just kind of studio thought that burton's take on batman was too scary yeah it was too dark and fans didn't like you know you don't give the joker a name you don't kill the joker at the end you don't make batman kind of overly serious because at that time you did have some michael keaton was considered to be a really weird casting yeah he was an awful casting like there was a lot of any anyways you got keaton You've got Adam West Batman. You've got Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christopher, uh, not Christopher Nolan, that's the director. Uh, Chris, God, why Christian Bale. Boom, Christian Bale and Ben Affleck. And everyone has a version they like more than the other. And Patrick always says, his is the Nolan verse. Chris, Christian Bale and everything that's happened in those three movies is perfection to him. He's like, I have that. Do whatever you want with Batman. Because a lot of people hate Batfleck. I love Batfleck. He's maybe my favorite batman he's like do whatever you want with batman because i have the one i love and when you're doing these other versions oh shit that was kind of cool and i feel like that's what i have to start the prequels do not in any way ruin the original trilogy. that's what i'm nor do the sequels to the original trilogy whatever you do whatever happens you're always gonna have those three movies yeah you'll never not get the one that you loved cool have a good day but try to look for the cool stuff in these other ones. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know, it happens all the time and everything. It's difficult in Phantom Menace. I will agree. To that. There's only <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, pod racing. Sure, that was fun. That pod racing was cool. Uh, yeah. You could uh, you, you could try a flip. That's a good one. I mean, I guess it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a cool trick. I guess it established he's good in a car and building stuff. Darth Maul's neat. So okay, so that's even a part of it. The Phantom Menace also establishes that Anakin is like a super intelligent uh, mechanic. He can build a bunch of cool shit. It doesn't do it in the best way, I'll admit, but it at least establishes that. One thing, though, that people criticize against the prequels is that in this movie, what you were talking about, like a lot of things make the universe feel big. Yeah. The prequels do a lot to make the universe feel small by having like a lot of things like, oh, it was planned out. Like these characters were always connected instead of. Yeah, I guess that's true. It becomes less of an expanse and more of like a diagram. Yes. Uh, I get that. I, I mean, I'll, once I'll ex- again, I'm not saying that that takes anything away yeah. from the original trilogy. They still exist. As they are, unaltered, on those great VHSs where Han shoots Ah, oh, so good. And it also, in making it feel smaller, it is the prequel. So you can take that, if you so choose, as the world was, or the universe, I should say, like this. Shit went wrong. Jedis died everywhere. Strongest guy in the universe exists now on the bad guy side. Everything opens up. And people have done cool things to expand off the the prequels as well the clone wars cartoon actually gets really good after the first two seasons yeah um and the rebels cartoon still going pretty strong i want i want to look into more but all right that's enough that's my that's how i feel i love star wars i'm big fan now i'm all turned around i'm gonna watch them all and including the new ones and rogue one i really want to see rogue one maybe i should have watched that first and just stayed in perfect prequel (laughs) order yeah just to go from uh uh what do you call it What's the timeline order called? Uh, 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 oh, don't do this to me, DJ. Chronological. Boom! Yes, to, just to stay in the chronological order of that universe, but whatever. Um, either way, that was pretty long, like an hour and 40. Not as long as the Fan 4 stick. Yeah, it's about the exact same, because that was an hour and 43 minutes, I think. And we had 18 minutes of other stuff, so it'll be right there. Surprised we got through Star Wars as quick as Fan 4. Oh, uh, that was a rough. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's, let's give it this. Better than Fan Forster? Way better than Fan Forster. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, otherwise, this has been Men of the Machine. I'm your host, Kevin. And I'm DJ. And thanks for listening.